TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I mean, I've done everything. Glenn Perkins. I've started, I've mopped up, I've closed. Glenn Perkins. We joke around and we have fun and he's different, he's unique. He seems like a guy that I'd like to do it. It's me. It's Glenn Perkins on baseball. Sweet. Welcome to the Score North Twins show. Glenn Perkins on baseball. I'm the host, Glenn Perkins. I'm here today with Derek Wetmore. Manny Hill, producing, technically directing. What's up, fellas? <laughs> good, good morning slash afternoon. We record this show in the morning. It plays on the radio later on. You can listen to it whenever you want to. You can listen to it whenever you want on wherever you get your podcasts. You're learning. I'm stealing Phil's lines. It's only been <laughs> an entire season. We started this show early April. Where is Phil? Did we ever figure that out? Uh, no, that's. <laughs> I think that's your job. Oh, okay, I'll figure that you out. You text me last night and say Phil's not going to be here. Manny's coming in, which we always appreciate. Um, and the last time we talked, we were setting up the series. We had Justin Morneau on the show. We were talking about how this thing was going to go down. And here we are a week later, and it's over. Man. Um, it it it's crazy. And Derek, you and I were talking a little bit before we came on. How you you start this season? You start this grind in February, and you get to you win 101 games. You get to October, and then all of a sudden it's done. And it's it's such a weird feeling. Like I I did the the pregame post game on Fox Sports North. We did a little show and. I got home at like 2 o'clock that night, and I had, for the first time since I retired, had the feeling of like the weight being lifted off. Like, And I wake up the next morning, and I'm like, I got no more baseball. Like, There's no more baseball. And it's, it's such a weird, it's such a weird place to be. And when you cover a team, like how much, how, you know, you were at however many games at home, some on the road, you know, spring training, all those things. Like, and then all of a sudden, it's just done, and yeah. it, it's such a it's such a weird feeling, and it's even weird. Like, I, I never watched other playoff games. Like when I was done, like when our season was done, it was just done. Like I'd watch maybe some World Series or like you know if there was a a, a winner go home game or whatever, a, a game five or a game seven or a, a World Series, you know, something interesting was happening. I, I would watch. I have found myself watching more. I've watched, I think, parts of every game now. And it's almost like maybe because I wasn't fully invested that I still am not ready for baseball to be over. Sure, yeah. I'm kind of there with you. The Twins provided nothing to be excited about in the playoffs. And every other series has been incredible. Yeah. Um, Yeah, all the the other ones have gone five. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I mean, last night's game, the Dodgers and and Nationals was amazing. Yeah. Verlander coming back on three days was was in in the Rays winning there. Um, the Cardinals scored ten runs in the first inning. <laughs> yeah, I guess that would be the first game. That's probably the only game in the playoffs that I haven't seen a part of. I can't imagine that march to the uh, to the end. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, is that worse than just getting swept? No, not for the Twins because the Twins needed to break the curse, and the curse continues. I, I, I think I've talked with a lot of people, Perk. I know you have too. That like. They're just, they're just mad that it was the Yankees again. Like losing, not winning the World Series is one thing. 101 wins, great season, and time will appreciate that. But it's the Yankees. Yeah, I think there are a lot of fans that are still pretty peeved about that. It's a, uh, it, it, yeah, it's. It, so is it harder? What have they lost? Thirteen straight. 
16 straight, 13 to the Yankees. 13 to the Yankees. Um, and so it's over. So that was 2000, what, 2004? Four, I believe. Three, four, or no, starting at four, yep. 2004, 2009, Nine, 10. 10. 17. 17 to one game. And then 19. So, yeah, yeah three, th- four three-game sweeps and then a, and then a wild card loss. Is it harder? I mean that's that's like impossible, right? Mathematically, because, like that's I mean not every possible. it's the old theory like every team wins 50, every team loses 50. Like yes. you know the 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 Orioles blew out the Indians two games in a row like <laughs> yes. Is it is it harder th- like to beat if if like the Twins and Yankees played 13 straight, that's got to be harder, right? They're like so these are different teams, there's different players, different eras, all these things. It, but in some ways, it seems like more impossible than just straight up losing 13 straight. Yes. Well, let me ask you, because I, I've had this sentiment floated around. I don't know exactly where I fall on it, but it's interesting. Is any part of it, I'm not a media blamer, I'm part of the media, but is any part of it that Rocco had to answer the question 565 times, hey, so like this Yankees twins thing, that's a thing, right? And every time he has to be like, nah, I mean, we don't think so. We're confident. We're a good team. We're going to go in there and play our best. But then it's like, how how can you say that it's any different if it's not? Yeah. I, well, so I was I was talking or texting with Morneau during game one. Yeah. Um, we basically texted the whole game. Just we should have done like a, a live stream or something. It was, <laughs> because I'll take it. it was it was pretty cool. And and you know, just different viewpoints and, and things like that. And the one thing that he said, so they brought in Adam Ottavino yep. in that game to face I think it was Nelson Cruz. Mm-hmm. And it was the same situation as in game three. They bring yeah. him in to face Nelson Cruz, he walks him. Then they brought in Tommy Conley and he struck out Rosario. And um it was the it was the opposite. They had Conley in there. They brought Ottavino in to face Cruz, um, so that they're paying Ottavino whatever ten million dollars this year, and he comes in and faces one guy. And Morneau's like, that is why they're hard to beat because they're bringing in now the guy didn't get the job done, but the bigger point is they can spend ten million dollars on a guy to do. What, like Adam Ottavino faced like two guys in the whole series. Yeah, you have a job. Like he's their sixth reliever. And he's a righty specialist. And he's good. And he's really good. <laughs> and he's getting paid ten million dollars or eight million dollars or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. And like that's the the that's the larger point is that's what makes them tough to beat is that is that they can take it like they can do that they can absorb other thing like uh you know their their highest pl- who's the third highest paid player on the Yankees? Um, put me on the spot here. John Carlos one right. Yeah, and then the I mean, Sevy's not making that much. He's like four and forty. Uh, Jacoby Ellsbury. It's Jacoby Ellsbury. Okay. All right. I was wondering where you're going oh with that. God. So like, wow, wow. <laughs> did he? I mean, did he even get out of bat this year? I don't I know. He does, he, does he no. still play? No, um, plantar fasciitis. You so, know, and so it's like that. Like that's the that's the thing that makes him. It's 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 going to Yankee Stadium is super hard. Going there in the playoffs is even harder. Like that's a tough place to play. You walk into that stadium, and your heart rate goes up. And and I don't care if you're a, a writer, a media person, or whatever, or a player. When you get out on that field or you get inside that stadium and feel the energy in there, you it's a different feeling. And that's hard to prepare for. That's hard to operate in that environment out on a field. 
And so that makes it hard. There is a certain mystique there. And then also they can just, they keep coming at you in so many different ways. And they, they, the, the, the other weird thing that happens with them is they, they, with all the money they have, with all the stars they have, they also all seem to always have some rando that gets the, like, so this year it was Gio Urshela. Yeah. You know, and like you look at some of the past like World Series teams like Scott Brocious, like late nineties, early two thousands, whatever, like yeah. the dude like he might have won a World Series MVP. And you know, I mean it's like he you know, he had one good season or two good seasons or whatever. And so they always have they always have like the best players and then they also have some guy that just steps up. I mean Didi Gregorius hit one eighty in the second half or something like that. It's unreal. And then has 18 RBIs and 15 at-bats against the Twins. So I wrote about this in my Five Thoughts column. Like, Didi's a perfect example of weird things happening in October. He killed the Twins in that series at Target Field here. I was at late July, maybe. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, yeah, he hit buck 80 or whatever it was. Let's just say it's that. Through the end of the season, he was basically unstartable. He's just he's a shortstop that, all right, well, he's on the team. And, and the, the narrative around him from New York was, all right, well, he'll have to get hot in October because this is just this isn't working. And then he goes and he's like the best player against the Twins. He's a big reason why they lost. He hits the Grand Slam to basically seal it. And I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. Well, it's it's Marco Scudero, right? It's the exact in the, same in idea. The AL, or the uh, NLCS against the Cardinals. He's with the Giants in 2012. And he hits like 500 in that series. That, like, goes, that goes seven games. And you're like, and he was like a midseason pickup for them. And he's, you know, he's not a bad player, but he's just like a role player. He's like a bit player. And he comes in, he hits 500 in the NLCS. So I was telling you guys on the Score North AL Central Champs Twin Show that those guys, the Marcos Guteros, the Adam Kennedys, in this case, the Didi Gregorius, although I'd put him... Don't say Adam Kennedys. Talent-wise, sorry. <laughs> Don't say Adam Kennedys. If you have the dump button handy, that <laughs> yeah. perfectly. It's like a curse word around here. Uh, but like, okay, Didi Gregorius, probably a little higher on the talent scale. My point is just that like great teams have great players that set you up to get you to those spots, and then you get to that weird seventh inning matchup with two men on and two outs and the number nine hitter up, and Gio Urshela drives them in. You know, Urshela is a bad example because he's highly, highly talented, even hitting in that eight nine spot. But the playoffs are weird because stars are stars, and then nobody's can be stars for a day. Yeah, I mean, and like the, I mean, their their star stars didn't really do. They weren't the story of the series. Anyway. No, and in, in game in game three, it was it was Gregorius. I think he had t- two RBIs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or a guy Gardner had one. I don't even remember what the but final he had score two was, RBI but. singles. Yeah, that and helps put it out of reach. Ursula has the early double, and um, you know it's just uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's weird how how they they build a team, and then it's the guys that they are counting on don't, but then. These other guys, I don't. They're you got to you got to tip your cap to Brian Cashman for yeah. like the way he assembles a team, like, and, and then and then Aaron Boone to get those guys, um, you know, and Rocco said in his like, congrats to the Yankees, like they 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 did everything better and yeah, uh, you know, for Aaron Boone like never being a manager, never doing any of that, coming from a booth, it, it, he ran the bullpen really well, um. You know he they they were prepared. I, I'm I'm assuming that uh, who's their pitching coach, um, Rothschild. Yeah, Larry Rothschild. You know is maybe doing a little bit. He's been around a long time. Sure. Um, but they they ran everything so well 
Like it for for a young manager like that because there was questions about some of the some of the moves Rocco made. Frankly, were a little head scratching. I I questioned them. Um, Sounds like you were too. Yeah, you know, going all the way back to game one with you know Barrios had his best inning in eighty whatever pitches, and you bring in a guy a, a Littell, you know, and then it's and then there two guys get on. Hey, he doesn't have it. Let's bring in Duffy. We'll just bring in Duffy to start the inning if you're going to bring him in. You know, it's just some stuff where, like, you know, a, a, maybe just a lack of experience and and things change in the playoffs. It's definitely easier to sit up in a press box or sit at home and watch on TV and be like, why, why are you doing this? You know, you don't know how, hey, maybe this guy isn't feeling great. It's been a long year. There, there's so many other variables, so it's hard to, like, second guess. But at the same time, you're like, eh. Some of these things were a little bit weird. Yeah, and if you're not going to give us a further explanation on why Cody Stashek's pitching there minus one, you're right? Thinking, and okay. like he has no business being on the field unless they're down five. Sure, exactly. Or up five. Good, Ooh. good matchup, righty. Perfectly fine. Probably not going to walk anybody. But then, like, this is a game that you should try to win. Yeah, it's game it's... one. Like, and 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 then you know, so we're sitting there in game three, and Taylor Rogers is the first guy to the pen. And the, the we were sitting up in a booth with the Fox Sports people, and they were like, "Explain to me what Rocco's doing here." I'm like, "He's gonna go, he's gonna go backwards. So he's gonna go Rogers for two. He's gonna go Romo, and then he'll go Mayor Duffy." And then they said, "Well, what if they take the lead?" I said, "Do you worry about if they take the lead when they take the lead? But you keep this game as close as you can right now. You have to like you can't." Do the Buck Showalter with Zach Britton in, in Toronto, uh-huh. and have him sitting there waiting for a save that never happened. Like, still makes me sad. Zach Britton's no. game used jersey from the the world from or from the playoffs. Like that wasn't used. <laughs> you know, like I think that showed up on eBay. That's gotta a be a collector site. Yeah, <laughs> it's like game. Want, it's like no, that's not game used. I want the Ubaldo Jimenez <laughs> never worn, jersey. never used. Yeah, Zach Britton jersey <laughs> from the uh, wild card game. So it, like that, I like that. That was. The way you do that in game one. That's what I was saying. Do that in game one. Like, come home with a split. You got it. You win game one. Game winning game one. It was more important than winning game three when you're down 0-2. Yeah. <laughs> like infinitely more important. Yep. You you do everything you can in game one. So let me ask you this, Perk, because I've heard a lot of this this week because of the the sweep and the Yankees history and all of that. And I think this is tied in with some trade deadline angst and all that kind of stuff. Do you feel, after having watched that series in which we all in this room agree with the manager, Rocco Baldelli, that the Yankees outpitched him, outhit him, and they certainly outdefended him? You look at that game three, it was a clinic Ooh, of fielding amazing. for the Yankees. Do you feel like the Twins put themselves on that level and belonged in that series talent wise. I know the Yankees were higher. We, we all agree on that, but I've seen a lot that they, they were like laughed off the field and didn't even belong there. What's your take on that? Well, they definitely belong there. I mean, you go, you win 101 games. They've won the fourth most games in baseball and in a normal year, 101 wins might be the most they were. But again, like I feel like a, a broken record, um, bringing up the, the Theo Epstein point that, you build a team to win the regular season, then you hope you get lucky in the playoffs. And and they just had none of that. They had none of the and and that not that the bounces or luck would have changed that series, but even even just in the ninth inning of Game Three when Jorge Polanco hits a hundred and six mile an hour line drive and Didi Gurriel dies and catches it, like wow. two men on, yeah, you know, and and so they had none of that. They didn't they didn't hit with runners in scoring position. Um, all, all those things that, and they didn't, I mean, they, they were terrible all season with the bases loaded. 
best offense in baseball history, and they were still don't. Get they were that. the worst. They were the worst offense in baseball this year with the bases loaded. I still don't. Fewest get that. home runs, like fewest RBIs. They were they were terrible with the bases loaded. They, Good they, strategy is actually just not, walk the bases all, loaded. All, all year, I, I I don't believe they were very. Like they weren't as good with guys on base and guys in scoring position as they were in not in those situations. It wasn't a clutchy clutch team, and but they won the regular season, and that's all you can do. Like that's you know, and we we talked about this before the show that that those front office guys, Derek Thad, all the way down the line, have to be proud of this of what they've done and what they've done in three years. Um, that they they built a team that that kicked butt in the regular season. They got to the postseason and didn't get it done. There was a lot of other factors. They're in, a, they're in way better shape if they got Michael Pineda starting a game instead of Randy Dobnik. I think if they have Barrios, Pineda, Odorizzi, they match up pretty dang well with the three guys at the Yankees now in Paxton and Tanaka and and, um, and then Severino. Yeah, they, they, they match up well there. That's a huge, that, that was a huge blow. Byron Buxton was a huge blow. You know, there was things that, that it could have turned out different had they been able to stay healthy and, you yep. know, all, but that's, that's also baseball. It's a war of attrition and you try to overcome sure. all of the things that are going to happen throughout a season. And I mean, the Yankees, I think had more guys, more time on the deal. So like that's, they were in the same boat. They just did a better job. And that's part of, again, where when you have unlimited money and you have this depth that that is higher ceiling and deeper than the team that you're playing, more often than not, you're going to win that series. It was disappointing that they that they that the way they sputtered. But to say that they didn't belong there, that's not fair either. Like, they absolutely belong there. They just fell into the same pattern that we've seen for the last 15 years which it sucks i mean (laughs) being a fan of the team being a former player of the team it sucks because it it felt different this year like i felt really good about this team going into the playoffs and i i thought there was going to be a a 12 to 10 game and you know they, they scored seven runs in in three games so do you think that's the most disappointing part though is that the bats in particular I mean, we we talk so much about the decisions that Rocco made, but the bats just going completely quiet in the three games was just really like the biggest shock to me. Like, wait a minute, this is a t- this team hit three hundred and seven home runs. They scored nine hundred and thirty some runs, and then they scored seven in three games. Like that's just that was unbelievable to me. It is. I mean, that you you know you 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 don't expect that. You you expect lower scoring, and this is that. That whole tweet thread that I had talked about earlier this season, where where scoring goes down, home runs go down less. So teams that rely on home runs typically do fine in the playoffs. Yeah. The Twins got some solos. The, the difference is, yeah, I mean they hit they 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 didn't hit home runs when there was guys on base. They didn't yeah. do anything when there was guys on base. They never. I I don't believe that they score more than one run in an inning. I think they scored in seven innings, right? I'm trying to think if there were it was a multi-run inning. Not nothing that I don't jumps out of my head. I, th- no. I, think, I think they scored was. in seven innings. Wow, wow! And for a team that obviously, when you score 900 however many runs, you're you're scoring in bunches. <laughs> You've doubled yeah. up a couple times. You're, yeah, you're putting up crooked numbers, and and they never did. And I mean, that's just how that's how that's what happens in a short like in a shortened series in a setting where where you have five games. Like anything can happen. They they had stretches this during the season where they only hit. 
three home runs in a three game series against teams, and then they yeah. would go hit ten in a three game series. This just happened to be one of those series where they didn't get the get the job done. I guess. Yeah, yeah it was tough. It was tough to watch, even as an objective observer who just fully expected this curse. And I'm using air quotes to to be done this year, win or lose this series. I didn't foresee a sweep. I didn't foresee out getting getting outscored. I think it was twenty three to five after Polanco and Cruz hit those first yeah. bombas to get the season or get the series going. I didn't see this at all. Um, let's let's wrap this and come back and talk, Glenn, about moving past it, like from a Twins player perspective, because you'd have some unique perspective there. But I also want to ask you what's next. Let's look ahead. We're about. Windshields, not rear views on the Score North Twin Show, so we can bring that to Glenn Perkins on baseball. Uh, Glenn Perkins, Derek Wetmore, and Manny Hill back with more after this. My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. How to become a fan of baseball and everything you need to know about how baseball works. And it might get a little crazy, but let's get straight to it. Whoever scores the most runs wins. It's the Score North Twin Show. Twins. Twins coverage on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Welcome back to the Score North Twin Show. This is Glenn Perkins on baseball with Glenn Perkins and Manny Hill. I am Derek Wetmore, and I want to ask Glenn about getting over a season and moving past it and looking ahead. But first, you were telling us a story off the microphone. I feel like it needs to be on here. <laughs> well, okay, I guess a somebody's good, in trouble. This yeah, morning. yeah, somebody is definitely in trouble. I guess a good way to get over a season is to wake up and and drive uh, down the road by your house and see a car parked in the middle of your crop field. So <laughs> parked in the I. There are I, usually cars in the my, middle of your no, crop field. My morning, my morning routine, um, now that I'm, I'm not playing and now that I'm not covering a, a baseball team anymore, is to get up in the morning and I feed the chickens. And then we have a, a field road, a side road that comes out that nobody needs to know about because <laughs> our driveway's gated. <laughs> so we don't get stragglers coming in. But there is a, there's a side right. access, which now that I'm thinking about it, um, I'm going to put a gate on today. <laughs> so, no, but so I feed the chickens. Feed the goats, and then I drive out. There's a dirt road. I take a left, go to the frontage road so I can stop at the Holiday gas station to get coffee and then get on the freeway and, and come up here. And so I'm driving down, and I always look for deer. They're starting to move around, getting into deer season. And I'm driving, and I'm like looking, and then in the middle, literally in the middle of this field, it's probably a 10-acre soybean field this year, um, there's a sedan just driven out there and stuck the front tires are buried and i I mean i don't know how they got that far like it rained last night yeah it's it's already wet over there like it yeah and um so they must have just abandoned it i don't know what like it's not a road there's like a turnoff for like tractors to get into this field like so they turn in there and like i've I've driven on that. I drive on that road daily, and I've seen cars parked in there. Sometimes, um, it most of the time it's random 
teenagers oh, sure. doing teenager things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've, I've have found evidence. Um, in, in the field before, which um, is not, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that the uh, that the plow tills the, that yeah, stuff sure under. Course, yeah. Um, and today there was a, there was a car just. I mean, it's it's probably 200 feet in, uh, and they just oh. I, they had to be going pretty dang fast. Yeah. To get that far because it is really muddy. So it wasn't your car. Were it is not my. It's not my car. Okay. No, it's not my car. Somebody maybe just helping. It was themselves a weird night. Soybeans. So I hunted last night. I hunted last night. And I was I was walking out of my stand, and I always I drive because I'm lazy. I drive. I have a, a side by side little you know John Deere gate or a bullpen cart. Yeah, a bullpen cart. And I drive it as far as I can. There's a river that c- kind of cuts our property in half, so I drive that vehicle to the river, and then I walk across the river to to hunt. And so I get back in, and I see headlights up on the like far away, and I thought it was in one of my fields, like driving toward where I was sitting. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> So I get in. I've been looking for these same two deer. I've seen them three times, and they're always in the same spot. So I go there last night. They weren't there. Get in the thing to drive, and I'm drive. I go to drive around to get a better look at whatever vehicle or something is in this other field. And I'm driving along, and one deer runs out of the corn that I've been looking for, probably 45, 50 feet up in front of me. So I keep driving, and the other one comes running out. They're they're twins. They hang out together. And I almost hit it last night. No way. And then I drive around, and I realize that whatever headlights I saw were on this other field, and I'm like, ah, whatever, so I, I go to bed. Or I come in the house and actually brought my daughter to hockey and all that, and then this morning I wake up, and there's a car in my field. <laughs> and I honestly am wondering if that car that I saw, it's up on a hill west of my property, if that's if they were like joyriding around in fields. And now the, and they end up stuck in mine because it it, it oh wasn't a, it wasn't a whatever vehicle was in that other field wasn't a tractor. There's no they have already harvested the crops out of that field, so there wasn't. And and so I think it must have been a, that a car. And if it rolled a, or it, a pickup, just somebody else shot a deer. Maybe they drove a pickup truck down to get a deer or something. But whatever happened, I like in my head, I'm thinking that they must have. I don't know. Like yeah. I'm thinking that they must have <laughs> <laughs> that they must have been looking at a deer like i turn in there and we'll sh- like at night we'll shine my headlights in there just to see you know deer will look at the light and you can see their eyes and sometimes see antlers or whatever but i would never drive into the field no. like and, well. and especially not in a in a car like it was like a mercury sable yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not your, but maybe they're rolling around and then it starts to rain last night and you get stuck in the mud I, yeah I, I guess i and i didn't look for tracks maybe i will when i get back to see if they drove straight in or what sounds but, like you got a mission so i've been today. on it like i called the the um, you call nine one one or whatever and say, hey, "I got a non-emergency to report." And I started telling them where it was, and they're like, "Well, hold on, hold on, sir, where are you?" I'm like, "I'm in, I'm in Lakeville." And they're like, "Oh, let's transfer you to the right office or whatever, like Dakota County." So I'm like telling probably some person in Minneapolis, like, "Oh yeah, I'm down on this road, such and <laughs> such here. It's on the south side of the, of the dirt road Never in Beanfield." And they're like, <laughs> "Like where? where? <laughs> Never heard of it. Right, we're on Hennepin." Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're we're our hands full today. So that's that's forth. that. That's been my morning. Was uh, on and off with. Um, Sheriff deputies and it leads perfectly into my question, Glenn. I know you'll be surprised <laughs> to hear that. But uh, so so you go back to living life. You got two two girls. You got family. You've done this dance before. Of baseball is your life for what seven months, probably more if you count 
getting ready for the season, and then one day it's just it's just over. So as as a player, give us that glimpse into the clubhouse, what that's like that you're working, 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 you see the same guys every day, it's your routine, and then the next day nothing. Yeah, it's it's odd. There's a there's a, a weight lifted off, obviously. And and no matter how you you do as a as an individual for that season or how your team does, um, you know, whether you get swept out of the playoffs in the first round or you lose a hundred games. Um, both things that I've done as a player, you you have a sense of relief that the season is over. Like it, and I, I think that there's definitely disappointment. There's a lot of like, oh, what could have been. There's also like on an individual level, like y- y- you really can't entirely control baseball being different than basketball for sure. You know, yeah. NFL as a quarterback. If you have a bad game, you you know it, it it all is on your shoulders. Like in baseball, it's so spread out. So like you don't ever feel like if I could have done more. Like I'm sure LeBron James loses an NBA Finals. He's like I could have done more. Mm-hmm. And if he did more, they maybe would have won. And in baseball, you you, you can you can look back and 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 or sit back and say it just didn't work out. It's different than than other sports. It's so much more of a team sport, and so you're disappointed that in in the you know in in the result of a season, but at the same time you you've committed every waking hour to a baseball season, and now you you get a break. Like there's definitely some sense of relief. All of those guys, no matter how disappointed they're, the coaches, everybody, it sucks, but you also get. You 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 get some freedom. Your schedule frees up. Yeah, and so it's it's that weird like, I mean you know you you end up realizing how much your body hurts. Like everything is tired. You spend a week like I mean I remember all those years where where I the season ended and I would not like for five days just do nothing. Like it was like sleep, wake up, go lay on the couch, watch TV, and I think. You know that that the adrenaline is gone, all of the all of the aches and pains in your body start to show up. Sure, you realize how what you've done to yourself, and you don't want it. You just you just sit there, and I think the other part of it too is that you're not you you don't wake up thinking about going to the field that day, and so you're just. And I had that feeling. I was I did thirty two whatever thirty three games this year, and I had that feeling uh, on what was it Tuesday morning when I woke up. Was like man, like there's no conference call today. There's no huh. going to the field or the studio, and and I didn't do it every day from February fifteenth until October fourth or right. whenever their season ended. Yeah, it, you know, and so it's a yeah, you get an odd sense of relief, and yeah, you, you you get into like a, a like a weird relaxation state. Okay, for a couple of days, and and I think then you know when. For a lot of the guys that are going to be back next year, then when you get back next year to spring training, you know, or it, it was always Twins Fest, it was where you'd see everybody again. Sure, and that's when you'd be like, you know, you talk about what ha- what ended up happening, like, you know, maybe the Yankees win the World Series this year, and you're like, dang it, like if we would have beat them, like all these other teams didn't play super well. If we would if we would have been the team that was playing well. We could have done it. So that's the first time is Twins Fest in mid January because that's what I was going to ask you is like not that you're friends with all twenty four guys, but you got your buddies on the team and you're friendly with most guys, anyways. What is it like that your buddies you used to hang out seven days a week and take plane trips together you know, and go I, eat? Honestly, you you 
like I would hardly talk to anybody. Like it, it was time. It became the off season became time to to hang out with all the people that you like friends that I had in Minnesota. Like all my buddies that I didn't see all summer. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So you like you get a new set of friends back, and you know I I, I talked to a ton of guys that I played with, and I talked to them more now than I did you know in those off seasons. Like you would you just say your goodbyes and. That was it. Like Have everyone went back to their lives, and then yeah. you'd see everybody again in in January at Twins Fest. So you mentioned something to me off the microphone that uh, it's a disappointing season. the The result is disappointing. I'm currently in the middle of a Twitter feud with uh, with people who think that this 2019 season is meaningless because they didn't get beyond the DS. Um, I personally think 101 wins is impressive, and winning a division is impressive. But you said something to me that that sort of stuck in my head. You said this is the first step. This is this is only their first sort of foray into being, you know, a competitive team. Do you see this as a window opening right now? It, it is, and and in some ways the window is open, but it, sure. in other ways it's it's not because when you talk about this front office and and the way that they're operating that they're doing player development differently, that they're uh, applying different ways of coaching, like I guess which all falls under the develop the development window. So they're trying to develop a minor league system. They're trying to develop pitchers and hitters in individual ways so that when they that they have a the best chance to impact the team in the best way possible. They haven't had like so so they took over after the 2016 season. Yep. So their first draft was 2017. They don't have a, a draft pick on the team yet. So like when when just say a PJ Fleck takes over a, a foot the golf football team. Yeah. You don't say well PJ the first year you went six and five or five and six like you're out. Right. Or that was a disappointment. It's like no you need to let that guy, let did that say guys, that by the way. Well of course. Yeah. He did. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, what you say is you got to let your recruits mature yeah. and 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 play for you. So when PJ takes over the team for the first year, he's he's got all of Jerry Kill slash Tracy Clay's recruits. He doesn't have any of his guys. And some of the guys that he had were good. There was there's good football there was good football players on that team. Mm-hmm. Just like there's good baseball players on the team that Derek and Thad took over. The difference is is that is that the I think the the main fruits of their labor, like we're seeing some of it in the bullpen and some of the guys with with a with a Tyler Duffy and the steps he took forward, Zach Littell, Trevor May, a lot of these guys that that they have altered and gotten more out of those guys than than they did before these before they adjusted their pitch selection and mechanics. So you know Wes Johnson and Jeremy Hefner working with them to to gain velocity, all those things. Like some of that we're seeing, but what we haven't seen yet is their guys guys come up. The guys that even even Bruce Dark Ratterell was here before Derek and Thad were here. Yeah. Like he he was our you know, and so we haven't seen a Royce Lewis or that was Kirilov. Kirilov, like well and Kirilov is another He's another one that was here before. But, but like they're they're guys like I mean in, in baseball it's not so in football it's you, you you recruit a class in three years later. So you can judge a coach in football like three or four years down the road. You probably can with a, with these guys too. I think it's fair to say that they've done a really good job with what they had when they took over. They they took a team that lost 
a hundred or ninety some games and brought them to the playoffs. Um, but we haven't seen really the totality of what they've done and the right. way they've overhauled this organization. We haven't seen that. We've seen it at the big level. We had not seen that from the minor leagues up yet, from the guys that they got. So I think that the window still is opening, which is crazy because they won 101 games. And that's not saying that next year they're going to win 103, and then year after that they're going to win 105. Like They might only win 90 games next year. Like There's a lot of other variables that go into how many games you win during regular season. But I think that as more guys come up, and make an impact on this team. And then I you know, and Derek said it the other day that they're gonna look at it what was it, impact pitching. Yep. Was his was his quote. And again, not to I mean I am a, I guess a little bit of a Theo Epstein fanboy because he I mean he won a World Series. He, yeah. he, he won World <laughs> Series in two places that hadn't won World Series since World War One <laughs> or before. And they're they, I think that they end up following that model is that you you build as much as you can and then you supplement with with pitchers that have an established track record. And I, I believe that they'll do that. But I think that on the on the same token is that they're they're waiting they're waiting for the guys that they've drafted to have an impact on the big league team. Sure. And that hasn't happened yet. So they're really good. They've they've shown that they can develop guys, that they can make guys better than they were when they got them. And so the guys that they drafted that they got to start in rookie ball haven't made it to the big leagues yet. I think that's something to look forward to. I think that's that's could be next year, right? And it, and it could Some be. Some of those guys. And that's in in that sense that's where I don't think the window is fully open yet. And you know, I, I you got you have to give them the benefit of the doubt that when the time comes, when they decide their time is now, that they're going to do what they need to do. And they have they. I mean, they they'll get some guys at this one. I don't doubt that they have sure. to. I mean, yeah, I think much of a choice. I think it starts with they got Jose Brios is their only starter in yeah. pen yep. right now. Martin Perez has an option in pencil. They also have an eraser on that pencil if they want it. Yeah, uh, I, don't, it. I, I think I yeah. think it starts with Jake Odorizzi. Sure, yeah. okay. and then. Well, hang on. Let's talk about this. Let's let's make this our final segment of Glenn Perkins on baseball today. Um, when we come back, Glenn, I'm going to ask you. We'll go through the free agents on this Twins team. If you're comfortable with this, who's back, who's not for you if you're running the team. And I'm going to ask you about a certain pitcher who's currently employed by the Astros <laughs> who also has the ability to choose his next employer, um, and it rhymes with Ferret Bull. So I'm going to get your thoughts on that <laughs> after the break. This is Glenn Perkins on Baseball, the Score North Twins Show. Let's bat around some banter. Twins. Twins. The Score North Twin Show on Score North and Score North. Welcome back to the Score North Twin Show. Glenn Perkins on baseball here with Manny Hill and Derek Wetmore. Manny running the board. Uh, is this the third time this year? I want to say third time, yeah. It's the second time where it's been Derek. The other time, I think it was me, you, and Judd. Yeah, third time's a charm. You got you nailed the music. You got the third segment music down. <laughs> Did you hear about this? Rami, our good friend Rami from the Score North First Place Twin Show, is starting a segment on his show called Derek Goes to the Movies. And he's going to pin me down and make me watch Major League. 
It's about damn time. It I'm, is. I'm resisting still, but we'll see. That's ridiculous. That, movie number one is Rocky One. It's two hours of your time. So You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you've got any suggestions, leave them with Rami. At um, Rami is tweeting. So you teased it. You teased it going into the break, um, and then we we just we just chatted, and so you pulled up roster resource. I got gotcha. you. And you brought up the first guy. You brought up was Jason Castro. Yeah. Let's go. So what we're gonna do here is go through the free agents who you want back, Glenn, and then maybe some pie in the sky guys that you're eyeing this I winter. thought that so we were kind of on the same wavelength there I knew that they needed just starting with Jason Castro I knew that they needed they, they need a 1B catcher they don't need a number 2 catcher Mitch Garver's obviously your, your number 1 catcher I guess if you want to call him that but he's not going to go catch 110 or 120 games next year he's still how many games did he catch this year 80 Pull it up. Ish. He might not even got to 80. Well, it had to be around 80. High ankle no, sprain. Because he had to sprain, yeah, yeah. So he was under 80. I think they would want him to catch half the time. And so then they need another guy that's going to catch half the time. Jason Castro was their first signing when they took over, I believe. Um, kind of the first one, move yeah. that they made yeah. in, in those winter meetings in 2016. 93 games for Garver this year. Played in. Played, right. Yeah. But how many did he catch? Yeah. He had some pinch hitters. He he might have DH or played uh, first a time or two. Fangraph mm-hmm. says eighty two games as a catcher. Okay. Seventy three of them started. Lower than I would have thought. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, just with the injuries and in in that, you knew. And Ostadio caught some. Um, he did catch that eighteen inning game. So that counts as two. Yeah. yeah. So seventy four. Double tally. Seventy four. But so they're going to sign a one B, and so we, you kind of. Said, hey, you know who they're going to sign. And I was thinking it before you said it was Yasmani Grandal. I don't know that they're going to, but they should have interest. Yeah, in and you guy. said that they had interest in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the question would be then, you know, the hardest sell is going to be, hey, you're going to come here and you're only going to play half the time. Yep. Totally. So that's a tough sell. I, that's why I like. I, it wouldn't shock me if they brought Castro back on a one year deal. Okay. As long and and I, I, I feel like he would be amenable to. Only catching half the time as well. I I don't know his state of mind this year and the way that he was used, but I mean he's he's now in his low. He's getting close to mid thirties, mm-hmm. um, so I think he would be a guy that that would maybe be on board with doing the same thing again. He could go be somebody's one somewhere else. So it depends on what he'd want to do. I wouldn't expect. Yeah, and that, so that'll, have that'll be to the, sell here though. Yeah, that that'll be the the big question there. They're, but they're definitely going to get like they. I'm sure they want to get a second starting catcher. Sure. You want to go through the rest of the free agents here? No. Okay. <laughs> Manny. <laughs> Manny, your thoughts on Michael Pineda? No, uh, Michael Pineda is the next one on this list. He's you know he's one of those. Two years, $10 million, but it was a rehab contract. The first year, $2 million bucks to rehab from Tommy John. This year, he pitched for $8 million bucks, and then I assume they get some of that back because he gets suspended. He will have to serve the rest of that suspension at the beginning of the year. Michael Pineda, do you want to bring him back? I think there's got to be interest there, too. I, I mean, he you could see his progression throughout the season um, coming, fr- coming, from, coming back from his injury, and he just he got better and better as time went on. Um, and so I think he's, and I had talked to them kind of right around when it happened. Um, and they, and there's definitely going to be interest there and there has to be, I mean, we, you know, they, they've got Jose Barrios and, and up four free agents. Question marks. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I think Pineda's, Pineda's on the radar. I think the first guy they're going to look at is Jake Odorizzi. Sure. Uh, I, I love him. I love his demeanor. I love him in the clubhouse. It, it, he's great with the media. He's, he goes out and, I mean, the, the first month and a half or two months, he was spectacular. But he's he's the kind of guy that it's it's good to have a guy that can go five plus 
innings and it's two or three runs. I think he did that basically like the last two months of the season was like (laughs) five and change, two runs or three runs, which like it's not Cy Young, but also like, you know, if if you end up with a bruised Dark Ratterall or or a a Devin Smeltzer, a guy where you don't quite know how consistent they're going to be to have. And even Jose Barrios has, has is a it has a little bit of boomer bust in him start to start to have a guy that you just know is like he's gonna give you five plus and give your team a chance to win like you having a guy in your rotation he's not he's not a one he's probably not even a two but he'd be a really 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 good three so you want jaco to rizzi on a multi-year contract or you want to give him the qualifying offer for one I, I mean, I think they, I think they QO him no matter what. Yeah, and then I, I okay. I'm, I'm guessing that that's going to lead to a multi-year, a two or three-year deal with him and the Twins. And again, he's a guy. I feel like, I feel like guys that that Derek and Thad acquired, have a have a leg up because they, they got Already they got Jake Odorizzi for a reason. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was traits that they liked in him, and I, I think that they. They want that in the same way Jason Castro is there is a guy that they that they acquired that they wanted. I think Jake Goodery is another guy that they would love to have back. Uh, Jonathan Scope is a free agent. I think Luis Arise kind of surpassed him. Makes that decision not a little kind bit of. Easier. He definitely did. Yeah, yeah, he did. He <laughs> and, they took him on a hobbled ankle to the DS. Yeah, that shows and, what and, they like about where that kid. He he didn't succumb to any sort of pressure at all. Yeah, he was he was. This exact same guy. This is a fun one. Sergio Romo's a free agent. So the bullpen's interesting to me. Um, that they even last year, I mean, there was there was holes in that bullpen. Taylor Rogers is really the only guy that that accomplished anything in 2018. And they went in this year and signed Blake Parker. And that was it. Ryan Harper ended up making the team out of spring training. I don't think they expected that. He ended up having a Decent run until he he fizzled out a little bit. Um, I, there's there, and so now they have. I mean, we just talked about him earlier in the show with with May and Duffy and Latell. Now they have four guys. They've got they've got like seven, eight, nine wrapped up, innings wise. I think that they'll they'll continue down that path of. Okay. There's guys in the minor leagues. There's there's smaller moves that we can make, and then. Come July, let's see what we got. Let's see where we're at, and we'll go get somebody. They they and it's easy to forget that they they also had acquired Sam Dyson, so they're not. I think that's the route that they take. Is just they've got they've got four really good relievers right now. Those other three guys again. I mean, yeah, you want a bunch of guys. Yeah. More guys is better, but I think when they realize where they're at later on next season is when they're going to decide. What if route? we need another to Sergio yeah. Romo, we'll just go get one. Yeah, I think sure. you can just make that trade. Uh, Kyle Gibson's a free agent, another starting pitcher that's going to be up. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, they try. I mean, they tried to sign him in spring training to a not. I mean, turns out now maybe he would have wanted to take that deal, but you know, just with the season he had, I, I, they like him too. I, I just I think he. I love Gibby, but I think he's going to move on. I, I just I don't see them. If they if they sign Odorizzi, then they got Brios Odorizzi. Some young guy is going to be in there, maybe two. And then I think they go try to get somebody that's more of an impact guy. I will ask you the biggest name on the market, knowing full well what Twins fans think of this question. But I, I'm not going to dismiss this one out of hand. $30 million a year, six years. 
I don't give think him a that, signing that does, bonus. That doesn't even come close to getting it done. Six and two hundred million for Garrett Cole. Are you in or out? I mean, I'm in. I don't think. I don't think. Bonus. I don't think he's in. <laughs> okay. I, I, I gosh. You I think mean, he's going to top what that? What did David like Price do? Seven and two ten. Yeah. I that's that. I don't even think that's the floor. He's going to get two fifty minimum. I, wow. He has to. Yeah. He has to. He's he's never hurt. He's better than he's ever been. He's a donkey. He struck out three hundred guys, and he, and he throws a hundred miles an hour. I mean, he's, he was throwing fastballs in the last start that were starting on the corner to the lefties and ended up a foot outside. <laughs> yeah, he's he's good. He's good. I, yeah. It just it, David David Price David Price isn't even the floor for him. Price I, is seven two seventeen. I just looked it up. Yeah, and that's thirty one a year. I I mean, and that contract was signed three years ago. Yeah. 16. It doesn't get it done. Interesting. He's, See, I mean, 35. But a 26-year-old position player struggled to get 300 last year. We were all talking about Manny Machado and Bryce Harper breaking the bank, and they they did. They got their big contracts. Yeah, but, but a, a man, a Garrett Cole, at the top of your rotation does a heck of a lot more than, than a Bryce Harper. A man, you're, you, as a hitter, you're, you're relying on everyone else around you. Yeah. You're yeah. only as good as the guys around you. Okay, 7-250. Is that too much for the Twins? Let me put it this way, Glenn. It's not too much. No, I mean, they have a pile of money to That's spend. That's right. Let me put it this way, because I think they are going to fire one of these bullets. But I don't think they have infinite bullets. Is Garrett Cole, this winter, your bullet? I mean, if they, I, th- I think if, they, if Garrett Cole said, I want to sign with you guys, let's get it done, they would get it done. Yeah. Wow. There's no, I mean, you, you can't... He's 20... What is he? 29, 29, I think, yeah. You know, so you know that you're, you know you're going to get, you know, f- four years, but... It, it, there's that whole thing in Jeff Passan's book about guys that when they get to 30, if they haven't been hurt, that a lot of times they don't end up getting hurt. Hmm. And if 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 you look at what Justin Verlander's done, if you could if you could avoid was it the 2014-15 Justin Verlander 15-16 somewhere in there where he had that he had he had not not an injury but he, his shoulder was balky, lost velocity, had two really bad years, and then they they got him straightened out. Um. If you can avoid that with Garrett Cole, you could conceivably get six. I mean, it, that would take Justin Verlander's my age, thirty six. Yeah. So you could take if you sign him to a seven year deal for twenty nine through thirty six, and you could avoid that little downturn that Justin Verlander did. That's actually, I mean, yeah. If you could say that in seven years Garrett Cole is going to be what Justin Verlander is right now, you would. <laughs> you, then, I mean, you could go to thirty five or forty million a year for that sure. guy. That, but you know, that's the. If ifs that's and buts, the, yeah, that's the risk. Uh, if he, if you but could guarantee he's a Hall of Famer, he's he's better than he's ever been right now. Yeah, and I, there doesn't right. seem to be anything with him that like a red flag type of thing. This Other than said he's a pitcher and it's dicey, <laughs> but I, I mean, man, I, you know, it, trying to get a guy to come here, we'll see. They got a lot to sell this year, yeah. as opposed to maybe last year. They're gonna, they're gonna, they'll spend some money. I, I have no doubt about that. This is gonna be a fascinating winner, Glenn Perkins. Thank you. This has been Glenn Perkins on baseball, the Score North Twin Show for Manny Hill and Glenn Perkins. I'm Derek Wetmore. If you like the show, tell a friend. Rate it on iTunes if you want, but tell a friend. We'll see you next week.